Mike check. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Everything sounds good. It's working. Let's go ahead and jump into it. I believe this is episode 32 of the Grit Podcast. Let me go to one of my playlists, hit shuffle, and see what we get. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. Yes. They call the Ghostbusters and the end control. Had a throwing party for a bunch of children. Well, all the while, the slime was under the building. So they packed up, we blew, got a grip, came equipped, grabbed the proton packs on the back, and they split. Found out about Beagle, the master of evil. Try to battle my boys? That's not legal. so happy right now <laughs> i love this song oh my god okay okay let me get focused uh welcome to the grip podcast i'm your host matthew sky osborne uh this week we have uh, a friend of mine her name is jordan uh, we're gonna have her on here to talk about black women christian stereotypes uh you can follow the grip podcast on uh spotify itunes Stitcher, Google Play, just search The Grip, The Grip, uh, G-R-I-P. You can follow us on Instagram at The Grip Podcast, on Facebook at The Grip Podcast, and on Twitter uh, under Matthew Sky Oz, O-Z, Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W, Sky, S-K-Y, Oz, O-Z, as in zebra. You can get your Be Humane wristbands. Uh, at S-K-Y-E-N-T dot L-I-V-E. That's the website dot live dot live. That's how we're living. That's what's happening live. We're getting away from the generic boring dot com. Doing it different. Uh, Be Human wristbands are $5. $1 shipping. You wear them. People ask you what that is. You tell them what your Be Humane issue is. Uh, global warming. Police brutality. Equal rights. You're a feminist. Whatever it is. Equality, gay rights. It's supposed to be a conversation starter. We got me white and black. I wanna just let this rock for a second before we call uh, Jordan.
can't tell you how happy that that made me. That put me. Not that I was in a bad mood. That just put me in just a, just a much 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 better mood. <laughs> like if I was doing well, now I'm doing great. If I was doing great, now I'm doing amazing. If I'm if I was doing amazing, now I'm like elated. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's that's so that's so amazing. Okay, looks like Jordan is ready. Let's go ahead and call her and make sure this uh, audio is working. Let's see what we got here. Turn that up. Hello. Good morning. Oh, good morning. (laughs) Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, loud and clear. I got the phone plugged right into my uh, software, so it comes through loud and clear. Okay. Um, cool. I am so, so, so happy right now. Why? <laughs> By the way, we're live on the podcast. I think I let you know that. <laughs> oh, hey, guys. Hey, everybody. <laughs> so I don't know if you've heard any of the episodes, but I do this thing each episode called the Playlist Shuffle. Mm-hmm. Where I start off every podcast with a song and I end with a song, and okay. uh, but what I do is I don't pick the song; I just go to one of my playlists mm-hmm. and hit shuffle. <laughs> okay, that's scary, uh, right? That's why. <laughs> that's why I do it. Um, when I used to have oh, guests on, okay. yeah, when I used to have guests on, um, like uh, in, in my house, we would do it, you know, with the guest. And it kind of be uh-huh. like a way to break the ice and kind of like expose people a little bit <laughs> so they can kind of let their oh, guard Oh, yeah. Down. yeah I'm a, man, you would get any and everything from my pod playlist if you did that. Yeah. And see, I don't know yet or I haven't figured out a way how to do it with guests over the phone uh, because okay. I got no way to get your audio. Um, That's true. So it's, it's something I'm still working on. Okay. So I did it. And um, do you know the Bobby Brown song, uh, On Our Own? No. I'm, <laughs> sure you, my head. I'm sure you've heard it. It's from the Ghostbusters yeah. 2 soundtrack. <laughs> uh, okay. Definitely. Yeah, I've probably heard it. Yeah. <laughs> from the Ghostbusters soundtrack. Oh, it's so good. I was, I was so happy because I, I've been on a really good streak here lately. Like, I haven't had anything too embarrassing come up. I think the most embarrassing thing I had may i can't remember like maybe it was like a beyonce song like all the single ladies like <laughs> well, because for a man you however you feel okay? <laughs> okay it was with a bunch of dudes they're like fam what are you doing listen to this? <laughs> i'm like it's a yeah. good song <laughs> Yeah, my embarrassing stuff is stuff that i've i've let my friends download whenever they're just like you know, DJing in my car. Yeah. And I've definitely had those moments where I've been like, I am really sorry. I do not know um, why this song just came on. So, yeah. You don't have, like, uh, like safe playlists that you have <laughs> when you have people around? <laughs> I actually know, because usually I don't care, but it was a song called Trampoline Booty that came on one day. <laughs> and my friend looked at me like, what is going on in your life? But I was like, sis, I promise. Yeah. It wasn't me. Um, but it was just like a random talk from college. My friend had like turned on one night when we were going out. 
Oh, okay. Well, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So usually I just like watch, you know, as soon as I hear the beginning of the song, if it's something a little off, I go ahead and just like switch it really quickly. But I probably should make a safe playlist. Yeah. Um, okay. So <clears throat> before we get into the, the topic, um, I wanted to ask you, have you um, heard any of this stuff that's going on with Aisha Curry? I have. Um, I don't know what your opinion is. Uh, well, here, just let me, if you, if you mind sharing, then, then don't worry about it. If you don't, if you, if you don't mind, but if you do, um, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll share my opinion about it. Okay. Uh, but do you have anything, you have any thoughts about it that you're willing to share? Yeah. Um, first of all, I wish people would just shut up. Okay. Like uh-huh. it's not that big of a deal. First, her husband is backing her. As I think you should. I think that people don't understand. Like, as a woman, um, you still want to be desirable. It's not that you want to um, take people up on those advances. But hell yeah, you want to be desirable. And when your husband is desired by millions like that, if you usually don't get any attention and you've had three babies by the age of 30 and you just turned 30 like a month ago, yes, like, biologically, your body changes mentally, emotionally. Like, you go through a lot. So it's hard as a woman to want to still feel and look and know that you're desirable. So it's normal. Um, I think it's human to feel that way. And I think it's ridiculous that people feel the need to judge her for that. Like, judge your mama. Like, let her feel how she feels. And if she's okay expressing that or her husband has no problem with it, I don't think it's a big deal. Well, Jordan, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> oh, okay, great. I was like, yo, leave her alone. Really? <laughs> like, like, leave her alone. Like, people acting like they haven't had that feeling or that thought. Exactly. Or that moment in their life. Yeah. If she was bold enough to share it so that other women could relate and understand that they're not alone. Come and now on. she's problematic. Like, no, she's not problematic. You problematic. I'm like, y'all are tripping. I'm like, I can Very almost nice. guarantee Every human being has had that thought or moment in their life at some point where you wanted somebody to like you or check you, you out. I mean, come on. You we're, do. We're all I mean, human. Earlier this week, I had, you know, I was at the gas station looking raggedy, just trying to get some gas on my way home. And, you know, a couple of guys talked to me and I definitely am not really, you know, gas station shawty. Like, I'm really not trying to talk to y'all, but... You know, I felt good. I said, well, right? I still got it. We've been looking raggedy. You right? know, like little boots. <laughs> we all want that, you know? And it's not about a lack of self-esteem because I know I'm beautiful. But damn, every now and again, we just want somebody else to remind us, like, shit, I'm still doing it. Okay, cool. Like, that's it. Yeah, we, we all do that. Like, I do it. My wife does it. We talk about it. You exactly. know? Like, and I've been with her, uh, like, nine years. Um, we've been married for like five or four. I should know better. Um, I don't know. It's, it's been a while and we're still human. Like just because we get married, I think this is that thing people do is like, just because you're in a relationship where you get married doesn't mean you stop being human. Mm-hmm. Like you're still a human. You still have the thoughts you had before you were with them. So like, that's just funny to me that people are so over, uh, overreacting about it. Um, this might be a nice yeah. segue cause how much of this do you think 
Now, don't let me put words in your mouth. Um, uh-huh. But how much of this do you think has to do with the fact? I don't know her ethnicity. I'm assuming she's black mm-hmm. and mixed with something else, maybe. Um, but with her, with her, how much do you think of this has to do with her being a woman of color and a successful woman of color? Um, I think pretty much everything. Oh, okay, I'll say like ninety percent. Yeah, because Aisha Curry gets hit so much for being a black woman that's expressive. And then because she's an NBA wife, she shouldn't be as expressive because that can, quote unquote, affect her husband, which it doesn't. Um, And then she's compared to Savannah James because Savannah is not, you know, um, she doesn't really speak out like that, which is fine because that's who she is. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's constantly a game of comparison for her and the place that she lives. She's already placed in a box as a woman that should be at a certain level of perfectionism. So anytime she goes outside of those lines, people are ready and waiting to be on her ass. Yeah. Sorry, can I first? Oh, shit, oh, yeah. God. Okay, cool, right. Um, <laughs> so people are ready and waiting to be on her ass for any and everything. And so it's very, um, it's very unfortunate because we are the main ones, like women of color and, and black people, we are the main ones that don't give ourselves a break. And it's been beautiful to see a lot of women coming around her and supporting her of color. I think what's frustrating is seeing a lot of men of color not supporting and not understanding and not looking deeper into the issue or understanding as a woman where she could be coming from because of pride. So I think Aisha takes a lot of heat as being a vocal black woman and is instantly, um, placed on that in that group of women of angry black women when she says things or does things and is told that she should shut up. And that's bullshit. So I I can tell already that we are definitely gonna have you back on the podcast. (laughs) Oh okay great. (laughs) Yes. Um because I was having kind of a similar thought where I was like, huh, I wonder if this is kind of that thing where you'll hear uh, some people of color and white people say to like professional athletes, just shut up and play. Mm-hmm. Be grateful for what you have as if they didn't earn it and work for it. Mm-hmm. That's what it kind of felt as like to me. she don't have her own shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm she like, literally has her whole own career. Right. It, it kind of felt like that to me and I didn't like it. And I was like, it sounded, it felt like they were just like, Hey, you know, you're in a great situation you know, you're, you're doing well financially, you're in a happy marriage, you know, what, what's your problem? Just be grateful. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't like that. I really don't like that. Like that's her situation. She worked on that. She, they developed what they have, you know, Steph Curry could have got injured and not been as great as he is. you like, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I just, I don't like that. And I'm glad you said what you said. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, especially... I agree. (laughs) Yeah, having your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And you know what? I lied to you yesterday um, on the phone. (laughs) Um, Not on purpose, but remember how I was saying I don't like to talk about uh, topics that relate to people that aren't on the podcast. Like if I'm talking Mm -hmm. to black men, I like to talk about black men issues. If I'm talking to a black woman, 
black women issues. There mm-hmm. is a group of people I talk about on this podcast without having them on the podcast. And that's white. Who's that? That's white people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I do that um, in a respectful way as much as I can. And I think I, I do that also because the history of, of, of white people and black people in this, in this country and the world is mm-hmm. just undeniable. And it's a part of our existence. And uh, Very true. it kind of shapes a lot of what happens to us in society. So I, I just wanted to say that um, for the record that I do talk about people sometimes that aren't on the podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Completely understand. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I think, um, and you tell me what you think about this. I was thinking about calling this episode, let's talk about black Christian women. <laughs> what do you think about yeah, no. that? I'm not really too, I'm not really too fond of it. No. What, 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 no, because it, it boxes in the conversation. And honestly, that type of topic is going to make people run instantly. That's not going to bring in an audience. Okay. What do you think? Like, um, and maybe we should do this off air, but I like to be real candid on the podcast. It just feels more human mm-hmm. and natural to me because this is more your topic than mine, obviously. Okay. And, and maybe we can discuss it off air if, if you want to, and just, we'll can just, we can just get into um, kind of what we want to talk about. Um, your thoughts. Um, I, I think, first of all, this isn't my episode because this is going to be a conversation between both of us. Absolutely. So your opinions and your thoughts and also your background is going to be, you know, um, it's going to be mixed in as well. So it can't just be focused on me. Okay. It has to be more about the topic at hand that we discuss. Yeah, I like you. Hey. <laughs> I like you. Um, so, yeah. So kind of I got some notes here and this is real loose. And so <laughs> I, I kind of want to ask you about... Um, what are some of the stereotypes that, that you face or uh, your demographic faces? Um, or maybe just you can tell me personally what you've experienced as a um, black Christian woman. Um, stereotypes I face. So some of them, I think I face more stereotypes um, as a black woman at this point mm-hmm. than I do a black Christian woman. Of course, um, as a Christian, I'm going to face the stereotypes of uh, people thinking that I am really uh, rigid or that my beliefs are, you know, um, they're, that my beliefs block certain people out or reject certain notions or people. And honestly, um, I don't identify with um, traditionalism in terms of Christianity. I believe that it's more about a relationship than it is any sort of religion. So I don't super identify with religion or traditions because I don't think traditions are Bible. Um, I think that's just something people have done for a long time. Mm-hmm. And if they make sense, then cool. If they don't to me, then I don't abide by them and I don't uphold them. And so, um, for me, I'm just kind of in a different box and category. I think people kind of see that. Um, in getting to know me or in being around me. So I don't really feel like I face a ton of 
um, stereotyping in that way. Mm-hmm. I think people are surprised sometimes. And they're like, oh, you love Jesus? And I'm like, yeah, girl, be great. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and then as a black woman, really those things are, um, because I'm non-traditional, I don't get that stereotypical, you know, like, oh, does church last three hours for you? Like, girl, no. Like, my church be on an hour and 15 minutes. Like, I, like, I'm not, that's not my ministry to be up in church all day on Sunday. That's not, no, like, we can get this message done in an hour. So, like, that's not what I do. Um, but as a black woman, you face different things of, you know, um, there's colorism within the black community. So facing that as a white-skinned woman, um, my opinions in regards to politics and or uh, the police, that's something that I'm always, like, automatically it's assumed, like, oh, you hate the police or you hate white people or you hate um, X, Y, and Z. So it's more along the lines of stereotypes as a black woman or if I'm expressing myself, I'm an angry black woman instantly. And the thing is, half the time, I really don't even be angry. I don't get angry until you assign that to me. And then I'm like, because of the fact that you spent five minutes telling me I was angry, now I'm angry because you you just insist that I have to be angry. Um, so that's probably, I guess, more of me. Okay. Um, so I got two things I want to ask you kind of based on what you just said. Um, do you do you think people, whoever's doing that, um, calling you an angry black woman, um, is that them doing that just because you're opinionated? Yeah, for sure. It goes back to thinking that women shouldn't express their opinions in certain ways, in certain venues, with certain people. Um, especially being in corporate America, or you can't be direct. You have to sugarcoat things. You have to watch out for their feelings. And I just don't have that kind of time in my life. Like, I'm going to say it with love, uh, but yes, I am direct. I don't need, I don't work at the M&M factory. I don't have sugarcoating available. Like, that's not how I function. So because I am direct and I do say uh, what needs to be said, um, it can be looked at as though I'm problematic or as though I'm too opinionated. And I just don't understand why you get to tell me when and where I can have a think. Yeah. And I could see how that could affect um, a black woman in their job as far as like getting a promotion or, you know, mm-hmm. that's where I, you can see that racism come into play, which I think a lot of people try to downplay like it's not happening. Like, yeah, it's totally happening. You know, mm-hmm. you just don't call it what it is you know yeah i mean i could say the same thing in a meeting as a white man would say in a meeting and because he's male and white it's okay um but because i'm black and female it's problematic even to an extent like i can say the same things a black man would say to me but because he's male he's respected for it and it's okay um but if it's me i'm over opinionated yeah. i might be angry uh-uh, i'm problematic and it's like I'm making the same exact points they're making, but because they're hearing it coming from a woman, it hurts their feelings. So I need to sugarcoat it and cater to their ego. No, I don't. You need to man up and do your job. <laughs> like that's really it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I don't know that, um, this is true, but I hear this a lot as far as black women's concerned is that, on the, I guess on the food chain, as far as respect in society, um, black women are pretty low on that totem pole. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think that black women are at the bottom of that totem pole in other people's eyes, not our eyes? Um, as far as this kind of general society, as far as because you heard like with the R. Kelly um, uh, situation where nobody cared because they were black women, or I'm hearing stuff now uh, bringing uh, brought back up about uh, Dr. Dre, and I think it was D. Barnes, and I think they're saying now that he may have sexually assaulted her, and but nobody wanted to hear it because it was a black woman. Um. Uh- Sorry, go ahead. No, do you think, like, what do you think about that? Like I said, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, Where do you think society views black women? I think society views black women as the lowest woman. Um, I think that our opinions are just beginning to be heard a little bit more, especially with more black women being educated and getting into the realms of politics and things of that nature. Um, but no, when a black woman says something, it's not heard in the same way as a white or an Asian woman or even an Indian woman. I would say that an Indian woman is probably the closest in regards to um, being at the bottom of the totem pole. But as black women, we are written off. We are not heard, um, whether it is by doctors, whether it is at work, whether it is in a legal situation. Um, we are not listened to, we are not heard in the same way, we are not given the same respect, the same courtesies uh, at all, because they just think we're just talking. And um, that's why people are starting to speak up more, and that's why Black women have begun to come come together the way we have, because we are the only ones that have our best. So if that's the case, then we have to stand together, and we have to yell louder, and we have to do so in a unified manner. And that's why you're starting to hear more things come up. That's why people are starting to care more. Um, because as a community, we're starting to not stand for it the way we have in the past. Yeah, and this is something that I notice is I I think from my own personal experience of what I what I see in society is it looks like a lot of white women copy black women. Oh yes. Um, as far as the figure, the shape. Mm-hmm. The hair, you know, um, yeah. You'll hear it when a black woman braids her hair; it's it's ghetto. When a white woman does it, it's trendy. It's stylish. Baby, that throws me. Uh, it throws me every time. How? How is it trendy? Anyway, <laughs> keep on. And they also tan. And I think that one right there is overlooked a lot. I'm like, why are you tanning? What are you doing? Trying to make your skin darker? Mm-hmm. Why are you trying to make your skin darker? <laughs> exactly. What like, you doing? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, let me just say this for any any white listeners you may have. There mm-hmm. is no black person in the history of blackdom and blackness in, in the world that wants to hear you say, hey, I'm tanning this summer. It looks like I'm almost dark as you. No, you're not. No. Guess what? This is melanin. Okay? Stop. Do not tell the black person that. Just because I'm light skinned does not mean that you can compare your skin tone to me in the summertime. I don't care. Guess what? In the wintertime, I'm still going to be melanated, and you will not be. Anyway, off that soapbox. Yeah. And I can see how somebody gets to, ooh, she's just an angry black woman. No, fam. She's just opinionated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do you feel the need to come to me and tell me that your skin tone compares to mine? It does not. 
yeah. next subject. Like, you know? But anyhow. Um, how much do you think Beyonce has played into the national narrative of black women? I think Beyonce has been very beneficial in certain ways because Beyonce uses her platform. And she does it in subtle ways that aren't really seen until it's already done. Yeah. And I absolutely love that. Um, with Coachella, with her Super Bowl performance, like, y'all didn't even realize how black it was until it already happened. Right. <laughs> 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 um, and I absolutely love that because she goes about it in the right way and she uses her platform in the right way. She doesn't always announce all the things that she's doing. She just does them. And sometimes that stuff will come out in the news. Oh, Beyonce and Jay-Z paid for this. Beyonce and Jay-Z scholarship, all these people. Beyonce and Jay-Z did X, Y, and Z. And I absolutely love that because they don't always publicize their moves. They just move. And that's the whole point. I need to give back. I need to be involved in my community. And I don't always need to do it in a way that's public. I don't always need to do it in a way that somebody's going to pat me on my back. Of course, because they're celebrities, they'll get that, you know, sometimes. But they don't post it on their social media. Oh, I'm doing X, Y, and Z today. Like, they just act. They just move. And so um, I really, really am appreciative of that. I think as far as the colorism part, um, I think Beyonce tries to unite women. I think that there is a level of struggle there it's very hard as a light skin skin woman skin woman excuse me Mm -hmm. to speak to colorism because people feel as though um light skin women are unaffected therefore their opinion is not as beneficial Mm -hmm. so i think that would be the only area where it's harder but i think she does try to unite women and encourage and uplift women and speak on black issues um in the black community and uplift the black community yeah, because I, I follow a lot of what she does, like you're saying, her her and Jay-Z, and it's nice because, they, like you said, they just move. They just do things, and you mm-hmm. hear about a lot of the things they do after the fact. Yeah. Like Jay-Z paying for, uh, oh, man, I um, can't think of his name, uh, Meek Mill, uh, mm-hmm. like paying for all his legal fees, or like uh, paying for these documentaries to be made, like on Trayvon Martin and stuff. And um, I think that's really cool and effective. Um, it concerns me when I see black people um, announcing what they're doing. Because um, I'm like, the history has shown us that, you know, that that racism machine will, will try to take you down. That, oh. that systematic racism. And that was kind of one of the things that scared me about Nipsey was he talked a lot about what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say that was wrong because you need to hear that. It's that's encouraging. That's uplifting. But the other part of me is like, Oh my God, like don't talk so much, man. Um, Because they can hear you. Yeah. And because he knew what the outcome could be, you know, he spoke that. And that was what was hard about it. Um, And I don't know that, I haven't been following as far as the, the man that shot him, what his reasons were, or who who told him to do it, why he did it. You know what I mean? But it plays into, we can't help but think, like, is that connected to you speaking on the things that you're doing for the black community and to uplift us and to move us into places that people don't want to see us go? Yeah, I kind of think it 
and people look at it as conspiracy theories because I have no evidence to back it up other than I know he was talking yeah. about a lot of things like doctors uh, CB and, and Big Pharma. Yeah, and you know, you people in the city get shot for less. You Literally, <laughs> and that Doctor Sebi diet does work. I've had friends that use it. Oh, I got and it. Does work? It is very successful. I got some of his products. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um. So yeah, I guess I was just saying that to touch on the on the on the point that you're saying how they just move, uh, mm -hmm. Beyonce and uh, and Jay Z, and I love that. Um, I also like with um. Beyonce and a lot of what she does and I follow her a lot more now because um, I think she kind of normalizes black women uh -huh. and I think that's a real effective way of, of you know helping um, you know us in society and black people as a whole and, and black women in society because I, I talk about this a lot where I don't know that everybody understands why the Cosby show was like so effective and why it was so good. Cause Man, it, it made us look normal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's not just the thugs or whatever images they're portraying in the media. It was like, Oh, they can have families and they eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And they're doctors. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like no shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it showed you that that's what you can be. And that's, you can have that and you can be proud of that. And there are those of us out here that are doing that. Like you don't have to be looked at in a stereotypical way. And Beyonce normalizing us is very important too, because it plays into the confidence of black women and young black, young black girls coming up, knowing that your natural hair is beautiful. Your tradition your schools, HBCUs, are amazing. They are great. They are beneficial. They um, are necessary. And I think that that is so amazing because it starts with us believing that first and being unapologetic about it, right? Yeah. Um, for other people to get used to it. So, oh, no, yeah. you cannot touch my fro, which I don't wear a fro. Pretty much never, personally. Yeah. Um. Because my head is big. But anyhow, that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> but no, you cannot touch my hair. And yes, this is my hair. And do not ask me hit. Yeah. Because guess what? When when the hair that I purchased is put into my head next week, that's my hair too. Because I bought it. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I love... Um the unapologetic nature of, of all of it. And I like how she doesn't talk about it. I don't mean to sit here gushing over Beyonce, but. <laughs> but she's bomb. <laughs> I mean, she's really like doing it like really, really well. And I just love how you, how she just does it and, mm -hmm. and doesn't talk about it. And you see it in her music videos. You see it on her performance. Like you said, Coachella. Did you watch the, uh, the Netflix documentary um, about Coachella? Of course. Of course. Oh my God! Just, mm, just look. Beyonce is like my big cousin, so I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness, like, hey cousin, like she's just doing it, and I just, you know, of course I had to watch it because you know I just feel like I was there. So yes, now that I've watched it, I felt like I was there and a part of the whole thing. Yeah. So I'm probably the worst person to talk to about it because I'm like, yeah, girl, you know, she was back there. Uh, she was working hard, girl. She had to practice for eight months. Mm -hmm. Like I was there. I wasn't, but yeah. I feel like I was. Yeah. So, like, that normalizing in society, I think, is real important. And I think a lot of that is done through entertainment. 
um, not to keep harping on this point, but like as a young, yeah. black, as a young black man, I didn't, besides my parents, um, who are still married together, middle-class America is how I grew up. And, um, seeing the Cosby show helped me kind of, uh, self-identify with who I, who I am and who I wanted to be because like I grew up in middle-class America and like I grew up watching like a lot of stuff like boys in the hood and men's society and seeing these, mm-hmm. you know, these movies. And then you see like TV shows where you got black people being like, you know, thugs and gangsters and living that life mm-hmm. and, uh, growing up in the hood. And I'm watching this in middle-class America. And I'm like, well, I didn't grow up like that. You know, I can't, I can't, mm-hmm. be, I can't be that way. Um, I'm not, I can't relate to that. I can't. Yeah. Like I can relate to being black, but I can't relate to that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so after seeing the Cosby show as a kid, I remember saying to my mom and dad, I want to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. And I actually pursued that exactly, for a period of time. Like right. Cause I saw oh, that. Wow. I saw him do it. And yeah. that's literally why I went into that field um, in, in high school and pursued that career in college and things have changed. Obviously um, made some different career choices. I like entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it set me on this, on a path, and so that 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 imagery is so important. Um, so I'm just praising black people in society who do that, I guess. Yes, I love that. Yeah. And um, and then um, I don't know what the numbers are on this, and maybe I should have looked this up. Man, y'all turn out to vote too, by the way. We do <laughs> do <laughs> like. Um, I can't remember what the election was, but um, I've, there were all these memes about black women saving the republic. <laughs> yeah, because we do. I think that that's what, what people don't realize, though. Like, how much, just in the last 10 years, to see how much um, the bond and the community of black women has changed. Like, if we want our voices to be heard, okay, we now understand how we can do that. We now are way more educated. Like, we're one of the most educated groups in America. Mm-hmm. And so we now know how to move and utilize that stuff. And we now encourage each other and talk to each other. I remember when I was younger, we walk, you would walk past people and girls would look you up and down and, you know, look at you crazy and stuff. And now it's like, hey, girl, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Hey, like your hair. Like, it's even changing how we approach each other. You know, and so as a community, like there is there's just a shift that has really happened. So it's important for us to understand, you know, what our voices are heard. And so um, trying to get our entire community on board with that, you know, our senior citizens, you know, our um, our black men, um, some of the younger ones in the 18 to 24 range and then um, in the 40s and up. It's just very important. So I think that. I, I love that it was just publicized so much and shown how much black women actually cared and went out to vote because typically it's said that we don't care about politics, we're uneducated about it, we don't know, or that we are not involved. So I love that that was something that wasn't able to be said at the time. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't know what the numbers are, but I think Texas just elected um, a record number of black female judges. Um, mm-hmm. I saw this story the other day, but I, I didn't get a chance to read it. Um, is that what it is? Was it judges? Did you see that? Uh-huh, it was. Okay. Yeah, it was judges. 
Yeah, so <clears throat> I, I see a lot of that in society now, and I'm I'm, I'm really happy that um, black people and black women are being represented the way they are um, in, in society and culture. And um, you you see it like in corporate America, where um, I don't now forgive me if I'm wrong about this, but um, it seems that what I've been seeing is that black women are getting much more comfortable with being expressive. And, mm-hmm. and and being who they are and wearing their hair how they want to ha- wear it, um, mm-hmm. and and just kind of embracing um, that that culture. And I wonder how much of that has to do with you know what's been happening in entertainment and uh, these kind of public conversations that we have. Um, I think it all feeds into each other. It does. I think it. What you're seeing happening happening is a black woman gaining her confidence back. Is a black woman gaining her image back? Is the black woman understanding that my black is beautiful in its most natural, rawest form? And um, we are, in certain ways, we were doing certain things to accommodate culture as well, right? Yeah. By relaxing our hair for our <laughs> hair to be straight because that's what we were told was pretty because that's what we were told was accessible or professional. So there are certain ways in which we had to, um, in which we had to change ourselves to be told that we were acceptable or beautiful, or basically to fit into um, the white man's culture, for lack of a better term. Just what, what basically was made, the standard was created by them, and we were controlled under that, right? Mm-hmm. So for us to finally break out of that and understand whatever my natural hair texture is, whether it be kinky, curly, coily, um, poofy, whatever the case may be, that is beautiful. And I am beautiful and I am not defined by someone else's standard of beauty. I have my own. So, um, I don't remember what the question was, but (laughs) (laughs) we're beautiful in all these forms. And it's fun because we can change our hair and do all these things. And many women cannot. And I think that's why it becomes, oh, it's trendy that you're able to do that with your hair. Girl, please. You can't sleep on embrace. They're going to come out. <laughs> no? Yeah. But. Okay. Um, so are you familiar with uh, Kamala Harris? Yes, Kamala. Oh, is it Kamala? Am I saying it wrong? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, just a little. Just an okay. I, thought, I swear I thought I had it right. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I don't know all of her politics. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do know some. But uh, when she announced that she was running for president, um, I immediately started to um, contribute to her campaign. Okay. And um, I, I still am, by the way. And um, awesome. when... Because she was one of the first to announce, I think. And mm-hmm. um, after, like, I think Beto announced and mm-hmm. these other, like, white guys started to announce, like, Biden and them, I saw this, like, shift in narrative where it was like, oh, we want a black woman, we want a woman. But, you know, Beto and Biden. And I'm like, no. Like, I would hear people say, like, we need a black woman in office. We need a woman in office. But I don't know if she can win right now. And I'm like, that kind of thinking is what stifles that progress for me. I'm like, uh, like a, a, a million other people who think that way makes that real. Um, so I'm like, no, 
if you said that and you support that, stand with it and stand with her. I'm going to ride with her until she's not riding anymore. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's important. I keep contributing money to our campaign, so I, I want people, you know, to just hear that and, yeah. and 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 think about what you're saying because you're actually giving you're you're giving power to this fake idea to me that she can't win because she's a black woman. Um, and I and I, I don't I don't like that, and I don't know if you support her, and I don't want you to talk about your politics if you don't yeah. want to. Um, I, first of all, I love Kamala Harris. I do support her. I think she's amazing. I also would say, though, I understand why people are saying what they are saying. Mm -hmm. Based on the people that have come out at this point in time, I think people are seeing and understanding, like, this is going to be a harder race for her to win because there are so many qualified, viable candidates. Mm -hmm. I don't think that people are saying that. Well, what I have gathered is not that people are saying that it's not a black woman's time that mm-hmm. yet. I I see people saying, hey, based on this candidate pool and the people that already have prior experience and already have a solid, you know, backing mm-hmm. from years such as, um, what's his name? Like Bernie? Bernie, yeah. It's going to be harder for her to win. So mm-hmm. I that's the way I've been viewing, you know, like people's opinions about it. That's what I thought was was um, being said. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's understandable for people to think that way, but I don't think that she should quit because of it. <laughs> like, right. I don't think she shouldn't run her race. No, like, I get where you're coming from. I understand that she is the least experienced or, or maybe looks like the underdog because of these other people who have already had solid uh, backings for a longer time frame. But that don't mean she should quit. Girl, we still got work to do. Yeah, and like, oh. how, and what would you say to people saying that? And and maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way compared to Donald mm-hmm. Trump, you know, who is a buffoon. Is <laughs> an absolute on <laughs> every front. <laughs> you know, um, he's. I wouldn't even say he's a businessman. I don't know what he is. An actor. An idiot. <laughs> Girl, I, I can't. I can't. Yeah, I don't I want to take you down that road because <laughs> I don't even know what the right I, I don't know the right way to speak on that. You know, um, my forever president is Barack. That's all I got. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, no, go ahead. Go I, ahead. I just think that people don't understand. You still run your race, right? Mm-hmm. You still start somewhere. So if this is her starting point, cool. But you don't give up on her because because she has a tough. Um, group of candidates she's running against. I think the beautiful part of this is she's running against some strong candidates. This is going to get some really good experience out of this and have some really, really good, solid um, people that she could possibly link up with to be a running mate. This is still an amazing experience and opportunity for her. And what people don't understand is you don't just give up or walk away because there's other strong candidates <laughs> in the running. Like, that's not how this works. That's yeah. not what politics is. That is not how you um, succeed. That's not how you do any of it, right? Like, you lose sometimes, period. You just lose some races, but you keep trying. You keep going, just like you do with any career or with any dream. So the purpose of this is not to say, well, let's just wait till we have solid candidates and then fail this to hop in because she'll definitely win. That's not how it works. Yeah, I, I've I've said me and my wife, uh, like I said, we're gonna ride with her until she's not riding anymore, 
we're going to keep donating yeah. money and, and supporting her. Um, I think Biden is in the lead right now. And um, mm-hmm. I think I haven't, I haven't even seen Beto on the radar. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, but I was like thinking, <laughs> me and my wife were having this conversation the other day. We were like, oh, so if Biden gets the nomination, man, having, having Kamala as the VP, that's what I'm saying. Yo, like, is Kamala that not a good move? <clears throat> is that not a good move? Like, that would be so bobbed. Because, you know, I feel like Joe was Uncle Joe. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Uncle Joe up in there with Kamala? Come on. Why are y'all playing? Like, I, I think that's, that's the I move. I, I think that's the like, move. That's, I mean, they got me. <laughs> I'm writing. I'm uh, writing for you all the way, Uncle Joe and Auntie Kamala. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm like, I think this is the time. I think this is the moment. If it goes that way, I'm like, please, please, Biden, do not, do not put a white male in there. Don't do I that. I don't think he would be stupid enough to don't do that. Don't do that. Not, not I, I now. I hope and pray that he's not. <laughs> because cause then, then me and Uncle Joe are going to have to have a conversation. We're going to have a talk. Like, don't do that in this moment. I mean... Just don't do a white male. I mean, yeah, you can throw a, a, a you can throw a white woman in there. Um, I think a real strong move would be a black woman. I think it'd be uh, yeah, Kamala. I think that would be a punch in the in the stomach. Um, it would be. So I hope that happens. <laughs> um. Okay. So, quick segue into another um, kind of idea or topic or question I kind of had was. Okay, so Kamala's married to, I, th- I believe, a white guy. Okay. Um, do you, as a black woman, have any thoughts about that in interracial dating? Because I get a lot of pushback because I'm married to a white woman. You and, are. That you are. Yeah, and I, I, I get a lot of pushback on both sides. Like, I get, I get racism. I talk about this a lot on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. it's my life and it's what's happening. Um, so I get a lot of the, just the, the basic like racism on the white side, but I also get it from my black people. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, I do get a lot of, you know, looks sometimes and she has as well from black women. And I, that used to really, really, really bother me like a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and I want to say up until maybe three or four years ago, um, I don't want to say I stopped caring about what they thought. I started, I stopped caring about what anybody thought in general. And I was okay. like, I was like, look, this is my life. This is what's happening. I love her. I love the situation. I'm very happy. I can't, I can't bring any of that other uh, outside stuff into my marriage and my, my relationship. Um, but on the other hand, I believe that I understand that and, and why that's happening. And me and my wife have had a lot of conversations about, um, well, what's that about? Why are they upset with us? Why are they looking at me this way? Why are they giving us you know, kind of all those kind of conversations that, that, that you can imagine one would have. Um, do you have any, any thoughts about that or any kind of feedback? Um, I would say, um, how do I say it? Like, you have to understand that, like, we are literally 
still less than 100 years away from, you know, interracial relationships even being legal in our country, mm-hmm. right? We're in a very, very touchy time frame when it comes to um, race relations. Mm-hmm. So we are very sensitive as a community about our our black men, mm-hmm. or as a woman, I say that I'm very sensitive about my black men because I see I've seen a lot of black men yoked up with women who don't understand their struggle mm-hmm. or don't understand what they may need or what kind of support or what things they may be going through because of their feelings and emotions and whatnot based on the state of their country, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to consider those things as to why there's so much black right now. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you guys have been together for, what, nine years, you said? Yeah. So, I personally, um, I have dated outside of my race before, as well. And interracial dating is tough. People are going to judge you. People are not going to like it. People have their opinions about it. And you have to choose to rise above that, and you have to choose to understand. Everybody um, is coming from, people are coming from various places, for their disdain. There are some people, some black women don't like to see um, our men with white women, right? Some mm-hmm. black people, some black women come from that place. Um, some are coming from the place of having been hurt before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they don't like it. Some black women don't like it because white women don't appreciate or don't respect black men and or black women in the community or make comments which there's been a lot of, you know, like uh, NBA and NFL girlfriends. Um, we're just better than black women and blah, blah, blah. Like that shit is mad irritating because you're not. You're tending to look like me, but whatever, sis. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a plethora of reasons of why people feel the way that they feel. Personally, I think um, do what you love, do what you feel. Just understand what comes with that. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I say to people because it's not going to be easy. And for me personally, I don't, um, I don't really date interracially anymore because it is very hard. It is very taxing. It adds a whole nother layer to your relationship in regards to conversations you have to have and things you have to think about and things you have to consider, not only with your family, but out in the world. And so knowing that as a black woman, I already have so much against me, knowing that I now have to add that layer to it within my relationship. It's just not something that I'm willing to do right now. Mm-hmm. That's not something that I want to deal with because that shit is hard. It's heavy. It is a lot of conversations. And I just feel like there's too much other stuff going on for me to dedicate time, effort, and energy to that. And there are plenty of black men that I am attracted to that I do like. Um, so there's not an attraction issue for me. Now, does that mean that if a man came along that was amazing um, and treated me well and was not black that I would not give him a chance? No, it just means for me right now, that's my choice. But I think what you have to understand is what you're walking into. And that's what a lot of people don't get and don't take into consideration. Interracial dating is not easy. That shit is hard, hard, hard. And um, it comes with a lot of backlash. And so that's just the only thing that I really, I guess, have to say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really speak on various women's opinions. The only thing I have a problem with is any woman that is not black trying to say they are better than black women, and that's why they date black men. And those men that date those type of women are dumbasses. Mm-hmm. They are very ignorant to be with someone who's going to put down 
your culture, your family, your mom, your sister, your cousin, because they're speaking to all black women when they make comments like that. Otherwise, I don't have a problem with it, but it's not a path that I personally feel I can walk right now. Yeah, that's very well put. Um, and I'm very open about my, um, relationship on this podcast because I think it's real I think there's a lot of teachable moments and I learn a lot from it and I've heard other people tell me like oh I didn't know that people have those experiences or felt that way um when you say it's hard that is man <laughs> okay <laughs> man so um I've, I've told this story briefly before where um I always had this idea um uh, before I met my wife that I was going to marry a black woman and it was just, just an envision, just a vision I had in my head, you know, that's just what's going to happen yeah. to me. And that's what's, what's going to marry. She's going to be this beautiful black woman. She's going to be amazing. And then my wife comes along, right? Not at that time, you know? And yeah. I remember having conversations with my mother <laughs> about, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, can I? And and thank God for my mom uh, helping me through that 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 process where she tells me all the things that are important and, and what matters to me and my happiness and all this because me and me and uh, Amy got along mad well like she was my best friend um, before we started dating and we just really got along and just kind of got each other and um, that was kind of the our friendship was the foundation for everything and then. Um, once we started dating and got together, um, I don't want to say that I ever really put a lot of thought into the interracial part. Once we got together, um, mm -hmm. it was a thought I had beforehand where I was like, I can't do this. All this other stuff is going to work out. Really, this is not going to work out well. And there's going to be all these problems with my family and her family and friends. And this is going to get weird. But once you start dating, that kind of went away for a period of time. But then, like, like with any relationship, not dealing with issues doesn't make them go away. Like, they're going to come up. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, they're going to resurface. And so I was like, oh, we're good. Everything's fine. And then, like, Ferguson, you know, you know Trayvon yep. Martin, Mike Brown, um, you know, being out in public, looks, comments. So we, we spent a considerable amount of time, I don't want to say fighting, but just talking things out and having debates and conversations about yeah. racism and all these things that you're saying that, are, you know, that we have to deal with. And um, there were times where I didn't think we were going to make it. Yep. I'm like, you know, mom, dad, I don't think she's ever going to get it. You know, she tells me like, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> you know Ooh, I'm like that's triggering. I'm okay. like this is nuts you know and um yeah but uh, I think the best teacher for her was um being open because she was never closed off at any point to anything I was mm -hmm. saying she was never closed off she was just it just wasn't in her reality it just wasn't a part of her life and so this is a whole new thing that came in and um, being open and time and just not being a dumb ass about it and <laughs> looking at like, you know, like, I don't know. I, this, there's been so many shootings, but when you look at a video of a, of a, of a black man with his hands up and he gets shot 
it, it takes an idiot to be like, well, what did he do wrong? Welcome to America. He, a didn't, lot of those. he didn't do anything but be exactly. black. Correct. His bad. Right. Yikes. And like Sandra Bland. And I, I can't remember what the trigger was for her, but it, it was a lot of that stuff repetitively um, happening. And I'll say right now, um, she's the first person with a Black Lives Matter shirt on. You know what I mean? Like she's 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 there. Because she gets it now. And I think that that's the point right there for me was when I realized I don't want to have to go home and try to justify or explain to you my feelings because a lot of conversations I was having with my white friends, they were not conversations of truly understand people that wanted to truly understand. They were asking me to justify why I felt the way that I felt. And I don't feel the need to justify a damn thing to no fucking body. No, you, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. So knowing that I would have to go home and deal with that and or deal with his family on that level, that was too much for me. Mm-hmm. And so I like when you say that was tough, like I commend y'all for making it through because that's not an easy place to be in. Mm-hmm. It's not. And because you're a significant other, she has not experienced that. She does not understand that. It's hard. It's hard to go home as a black man or or not be nervous when there's cops for during certain seasons and, you know, right after something happens and stuff like that. And they not get it. Oh, yeah. I don't want to go home for that. That's tough. So I'm glad that you guys have been able to get to a point to where there is understanding and support. Oh, yeah. But like you said, not easy. Ye- years <laughs> okay and <laughs> and i'm not saying that to, to to say that it was um difficult for her to learn that what i'm saying is it just takes time yeah it's not gonna it's not gonna be something that they pick up overnight it just it takes time and um you know once she got it man she got it you know yeah and um do you remember the um what was it? It was here in Dallas where, uh, was it the guy shooting the cops or there was that mm-hmm. shootout downtown between the cops and, uh, what they said was one black guy. I don't know how that. Yeah. Thing I don't out. believe that. Shit, yeah. I, that's yeah. I think it sounds like we were on the same page with that. <laughs> like, whatever <laughs> they said happened. Um, I remember like the morning after that happened, uh, we were still living in an apartment in North Dallas and I was leaving for work that morning and she was at the door, like looking at me like, yo, like be careful. Are you sure you even want to go to work today? Like, <laughs> like maybe yeah. you should just stay home. Cause she got it. And she, she kind of knew what yeah. the fear was. And I remember not like driving to work that day, not looking at any cop <laughs> at all. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I just sharing some of my experiences there. Um, God, this is this is this is this has been really good. <laughs> yeah, great conversation. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. Um, so I want to ask you, I guess, kind of maybe as we wrap up here. Um, is there anything that you had in your mind that you wanted to share or a point or anything that I may have missed or something that you thought we would talk about that we didn't really get to? Is there anything you wanted to just 
I don't know, say or, or mention or get, get off your chest or any kind of topic or anything? Um, no, not really. I feel like we've had a very fruitful conversation. Yeah. I was going to ask you a lot more about like, um, the Christian aspect of, of, of your life, but we, we kind of mm-hmm. got where we went where we went and I felt that was much more important because you kind of addressed yeah. it up front where you're like, that's a small part of this situation. What's really going on is yeah. what we deal with as black women. And I found yeah, that to be. Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I found that to be more fruitful. I think that for me, um, my relationship with God is very important. Mm-hmm. And it is a defining factor for me, as is my um, my blackness, as is my being a woman. Um, I think just in today's time and age right now, it's a little more, um, the struggle is a little more on the black side, I guess, than it is about being a Christian. Yeah, it, it kind of seems like the, the, the religion part of society, or not even society, I guess like Christians, it kind of mm-hmm. seems to me like that, and I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to start a new conversation, I'm just kind of mentioning this real quick, um, mm-hmm. because I, I used to be a Christian um, I would consider myself now to be just more of a spiritual person um, who believes in God. Um, but it kind of seems like what I've seen in society is is that the term Christian, like it seems like it's evolving each day and becoming something that's much more, um, what's the word? It, it's like maybe maybe open. Because like I'm hearing you mm-hmm. cuss, for example, and I would never hear a Christian do that back in the day, or I'll hear you talk about things pretty bluntly, and so it seems mm-hmm. like that's changing over time, and um, it's just something I've just been observing, I guess, and that's just been my, you know, observation. I don't know if that's really happening. Um, I think it is. I think. What we have to realize is, like, um, we just have a stereotypical view of Christians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we do just from years of tradition. And the reality is, um, I don't have to sit in a certain box um, as a Christian. Like, the basic qualifications, quote-unquote, as a Christian is to believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose again. Mm-hmm. Um if we have those, that's the foundational belief that we have. If we believe that he died in the cross for our sins and then arose on the third day, um, that is what makes us a Christian. Mm-hmm. How we choose to walk that out looks different for everybody, as we all have different convictions, um, and we all have different struggles, and we all have different things that we deal with and that we go through, and how we choose to handle that. I choose to go about it in a more spiritual route, a spiritual route. I'm more relational in terms of God, in terms of reading my Bible. Um, going to church on Sunday is not what makes or breaks um, my relationship with God. Um, if it did, then that would be a religion, um, which is why I don't identify with religion. I read my Bible for myself. I don't just let other people tell me certain things. I don't let other people put me in a box based on their opinions or based on what their parents did when it's not Bible. If it's not Bible, then that's an opinion. That's how you feel. That's what you think may be best. That's not something I'm obligated to go and or live by. Yeah. So 
wanting to um, explore things for myself and develop my own opinions um, and truths based on actual Bible has been very um, fulfilling. And that's why I think you're starting to see a shift because a lot of us, um, a lot of people in my generation, we don't want to go by tradition and we don't want to be told that we are wrong because we're not abiding by a tradition. Girl, if that's not Bible, that is not wrong. Like that's your choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have mine. And so I think that's why you're seeing such a shift as well. Well, on that note, Jordan, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for, for taking time out of your weekend to, to, to speak with me. Um, I really think this was a really, really, really good conversation. And uh, this will be out tomorrow morning. Um, everybody listening, it's out right now. Um, but yeah, I put this out on Sunday mornings. So, um, awesome. yeah, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, I don't know if you have anything going on in your life or any kind of calls or charity. I just like to give people the opportunity if they have anything they want to share. Um, or even if you have any projects or anything going on um, in your life. If not, that's fine. I just want to give you that opportunity if you do. Awesome. Thank you. Well, I'm currently um, working on a stage play, so I don't know if you readily have any fans of Little Rock. It is a traveling show, so we'll be in Little Rock June 8th called Bound by Choices. It's awesome. And then I'm also currently um, starring in a web series that we're filming now. So that'll be out um, towards the end of July, beginning of August on all streaming platforms. And that's called Different. So support, support, support. Um, follow me on Instagram if you like at according to Jordan. Jordan spells an E. Thanks. Okay. Awesome. And I did not know all of that. So I will be looking into that. (laughs) 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 Okay. Well, thank you again. Uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend and, uh, I'll get back with you on a possible, uh, topic or uh, title, um, for this uh, episode. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, Jordan. No problem. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that was amazing. Um, I'm definitely going to ask her to come on again. Uh, hopefully she does. And she felt as good as about that as, as I did. Um, but that was a really, really good podcast. And uh, I mean, I think all my episodes are good, but um, I, I try to treat each episode like it's its own thing. So I get excited about pretty much all the episodes. Um, but I mean, if it was a, if it wasn't a great episode, I probably wouldn't say, but this is a really good episode. <laughs> um, so let me go ahead and uh, wrap this up. Episode 32. Uh, let me go to with my playlist and uh, let's shuffle and see what happens. <laughs> What's happening, world? I'm gonna let this ride out. You know. Yeah, I'm just chilling, you know, like just maxing to this mellow beat. And I'm gonna speak my mind, you know. The name of this jam is honest. So, you know, I'm gonna take this little time here to be honest, you know. Speak what's on my mind, you know, it's been on my mind, you know, for a while, you know, it's just honesty. You know, man, 
I got a lot of homeboys, man, you know, and the problem is, man, you know, <laughs> the breath stink, man, and that's honesty, man, you know, I'm being honest, man, you know, like, I got my homeboys over here broken, you know, I like working with y'all, like Dennis, Ryan, Charles, Ojo, you know, Gene, man, but y'all breath stink, man, you know, why don't you just get a little breath mint, you know, or something, you know, but, you know, hey, don't sweat it, because it just ain't y'all, man, you know, other people out there with stinky breath, man, like Robbie, Well, DJ Dove, MC Peace, Poetically, I mean, I could go on and on, man, you know, just because you bought this tape, I don't mean that, your breath probably stinks.